The hosts of this show are not experts. All information discussed and debated on the show is publicly available, and the opinions of the hosts are not fact. We apologize for any offense you may take and discourage any message of hate, violence, and discrimination, but such messages may be repeated from reportedly original sources for purposes of debate and discussion. We encourage your involvement in the discussion, but do not support any similar aforementioned message. You're listening to American Minutes. All right, all right, all right, all right, Nash. This, this is, this is gonna be a week, man. This has been a week, and it's only Monday. It, it has been, it is, has been crazy over here at the Tarashuk household. Cause I am Will Tarashuk, T's and Thomas, A R I S H U K. Trying to figure out all these technological shenanigans. But I guess we're just going to make it up as we go along, Nash, like we always do. How are you doing? Like we always do. I'm doing great. Uh, it's hot. Um, it is really it's hot. Almost, it's almost the fourth greatest day on Earth. Um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited for this week. So I'm not going to lie, Nash. I don't know what your 4th of July plans are, but mine were we were going to go to um, Liberty State Park and see the Statue of Liberty in Ellis Island. My first time ever being there for uh, the 4th of July. What's more American than going to the Statue of Liberty on the 4th You've of July? Been and seeing, there? I've never been there and seeing the fireworks, but uh, it is not in the cards maybe next year. Um, but we got a great show tonight this week, Nash. We got some quick bits. Quick bits are coming back. We got six of them. One, two, three, four, five, six of them. We're also talking about California's plans uh, to forgive some rent for certain people. So we're going to break that down as well as Biden's plan to, uh, to fight crime and Take away your guns, maybe. So, uh, I guess, Nash, let's just, let's get into some quick bits. What are you feeling? All right, ladies and gentlemen, so coming to you from Reuters, the president of the Philippines, I guess, he threatened to jail pretty much (laughs) all of those who refused to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Um, broadcasting live, he said, you choose to get, get vaccinated or I will have you jailed. Continuing with, I'm telling you, those police jail cells are filthy and foul-smelling. Police are lazy in cleaning. Um, among those threats uh, was also he would forcibly inject people with ivermectin, which is an anti-parasitic drug used for animals. Um, I think it's like farm animals and cattle. And... Uh, also enforcing that the also he said that he'd force the police to log all of those people that would get refuse that would refuse to be vaccinated. I think since then though he said no that probably isn't the case is what's going to happen. Well, what ki- what kind of happened there was now this is my story this is my quick bit. Um, I saw this I saw this from a few of my sources you know my my sources I talked to them personally I know them um, over over on over on YouTube like you know Kyle Klinsky I think Jimmy Dore did a piece on it. Um, and breaking points at a piece on it. Really just um, just how crazy this is now. Now, the government themselves walked it back, but he just he didn't. The president himself didn't. So uh, yeah. this is a situation of, this is real authoritarian dictatorship. It's like, this isn't here. It's one of those stories. Like, this isn't happening here. And don't yeah, think and, it is. And don't compare it to what it is. When people say it is, it's like, no, it isn't. And, I mean, it's a bit more real when you think about because Reuters was saying that a lot of the tactics and a lot of the threats that he was using were kind of the similar things that they had been doing with the uh, drug war in the Philippines. Like, this is similar tactics. Um, 
and threats that he made against cartel members. So yeah. it's not that far off, which is a little <laughs> scary. Because <laughs> you've got sorry, I think but I think it was like you've got a third of the population there that doesn't know what they're going to do with the vaccine. And then you've got another third that is just outright refusing to take it. Yeah, that's an issue. I mean, that that's definitely yeah. an issue for the Philippines. It's not, it's not even, it's not even like just the Philippines now. It's like this, this, this is an issue that's going on worldwide. Like Australia, only 3% I saw today has gotten vaccinated. Like the UK, we're, 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 we're number one, US number one at like 46%. Um, the UK is not far behind at like 42%. Don't check my numbers on me for me, uh, internet. But, you know, like people across the world just don't want to get vaccinated. And I'm kind of confused as to why. I mean, as, a, as speaking of someone myself who didn't want to get vaccinated, who ended up did, but just why? Yeah, and it's not like I haven't been vaccinated, but that's because I know for a fact I had COVID. Um, I straight up got symptoms that were COVID symptoms, got tested, and was told, yeah, you've got COVID. So... From my understanding is if you've had COVID, you have a stronger immunity than the vaccine offers. But if I hadn't had COVID at this point, I would have been vaccinated by now. Yeah. I'm pretty, sure I, had, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. I, I never tested positive, but I lost my smell for a few weeks. Now it's really tired for like a week. So uh, you put two and two together, you get COVID, but I got tested too late. So I was like, eh, it's probably nothing. Now it's just like, oh, I can't smell butter. <laughs> this is an issue. Yeah, <laughs> I can't smell butter. Well, but I mean, actually, it was a big you're, issue because I... You know what, what I actually did, Nash? It's like I, I, cut, I cut a lemon and I okay. smelled it. And I was like, I can't smell it. So what I also did, I just took a bite into it. It's like, but I can taste it. <laughs> so maybe, <Yeah. laughs> who knows? Um, well, you probably had it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it's actually, if you lose your sense, I think it was they said that if you lose your sense of smell, odds are that the symptoms, the other symptoms that you have are going to be a lot less uh, yeah. pervasive or less strong. Um, so... Yeah, kind of weird though. How everybody everybody made a big deal about how we're handling COVID, and it's like Florida has zero cases, and everybody was dumping on them. Yeah, Texas and is super like, low. Yeah, it's all the places that were just like, "Hey, everybody, go get it, have fun, kids." Yeah, all all the places where they said they were killing people and committing genocide. I don't think they actually said they're committing genocide. But I'm gonna put words in their mouth that they're committing genocide by opening up again and all that all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, and I, then I, all I those, really and all those people that murdered the old people are actually still having it really bad. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know New York's cases or uh, Michigan's cases, but I honestly stopped looking. I'm just like, yo, COVID, like everything's back to normal. I went to a grocery store for the first time in Hoboken without a mask on. Like I was one of only three people who didn't have a mask on, but no one said anything. There was no mandate from the store. It said just if you're not vaccinated, we highly recommend it. But other than that, you're good. So, like, you know, the world is 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 back to normal here, you know? Like, I was at a family party this past weekend, saw most of my cousins for the first time, you know, minus my, um, my pregnant cousin, which she's not vaccinated yet, and she's pregnant. So she didn't want to take any risks, which, you know, obviously. So, and yeah, she's about to pop. That's she's, fun on she's, her. Pop, she's popping in July. But, like, you know, I, I, saw the, I saw the rest <laughs> of my family for the first time in forever, and it was fucking incredible. There was, like, 50 people in my grandma's backyard. <laughs> 
and it rains, but it was still a it was a grand old time with the old at the old tower strikers. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Um, well, let's find our next story. Time, let's move on. So, uh, Yasmin uh, Abudaleb and Damian Paletta. Uh, in their book titled Nightmare Scenario, Inside the Trump Administration's Response to the Pandemic that Changed History. That's a bit of a title. Um, they stated that President Trump suggested sending Americans infected with COVID to Guantanamo in February of 2020. Um, for a time reference, everything the U.S. got had, I think, a few cases or had like one or two cases in February. And then in March is when everything, when it was recounted like a lot of in a lot of states, and that's when the airlines and stuff started to get shut down. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think I think this is a situation where it's going to get blown out of proportion because Trump said it, right? Um, it's one yeah. of those. It's honestly, I totally believe he said this. I, I yeah. believe it. Personally, it's a Will Towershick original. I 1,000% believe he said something stupid like this. And then immediately all these generals were just like, no, uh, you, 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 can't, you can't do that. Then he was like, oh, okay, I guess we won't do it. Like, you know when he said, like, it's this inject bleach and that got blown out of proportion? It's, it's like yeah. that. It's like that whole situation. But I threw this in here because... You know, we we cover on the show a lot that Biden says stupid things, which you know he he does. Uh, I got I mean, let me let me pull up the clip real quick. This because I have it on hand. Um, Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Yeah, see, yeah, we got that one. Let me play it again. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Right now, you could be a judge. Which one's worse? What 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 Trump said or what Biden said? Because Biden was serious. Trump may have been serious, yeah. but he's just an idiot. <laughs> And not to defend him or anything, but I think this was right along the time where it was they had that big cruise liner, yeah, that had a bunch of Americans that they were refusing to move. So I'm not really sure what people he's suggesting, but I definitely believe that he said that. Like that's that sounds pretty believable. It sounds which I disagree with. I don't think I don't think you should. I don't think you should have done what China did and send people off. Uh, so nobody else would get infected, but yeah, not a good move. Yeah, no. If, it, if this was the Philippines, if they had, if they, if the Philippines had a Guantanamo Bay, that's that's where the president would send them. But that's Overstock. not America. That's not America. So <laughs> I, I, it, really, it really annoys me when people say like America is like a dictatorship. I mean, we might be an oligarchy, but we're not. We're not like a, a straight up dictatorship like certain countries around the world. Yeah, no, no one person can get all this down. <laughs> also, also, it's it's from it's from a book where Nash, you described this perfectly off air. Please explain to me like why you got to take stories like this with the grain of salt from a book like this. Yeah, so it's from two reporters, and I forget where they're from, but it's it's like classic politician pundit book where you've got two people writing a story that's totally just to defame and denounce literally everybody in the book so with a title like that (laughs) classic all right next one so we got a whole we got a whole deep dive to go into i'm gonna deep dive our stories uh for Um, american airlines cancels 50 to 80 flights a day and they blame the labor shortage shortage now this was another one for me um now this where i got it from was breaking points crystal and sager 
Soccer and Jetty. I got his last name now, Nash and Jetty. Um, so really what, what I got from this was their whole take was, all right, we, we bailed you out. We being a taxpayer of the American government, they bailed you out when to prevent this exact situation where, and then a- after September of last year when they could, they either laid off, furloughed, or suggested to go into early retirement 30,000 of their employees. And now they're canceling flight and they're saying because they don't have enough labor. So my, they, they're being, and I agree with this point. It's like, this is why we bailed you out. Where'd the money go? What are you doing? What happens? Now, is this really because of a labor shortage? Now, let, me, let me tell you, Nash, uh, Uncle Phil, shout out to Uncle Phil. He worked um, for the company that bought American Airlines. I forget what company it is. Um, but they gave him an option of being furloughed or going to retirement. And, you know, him just turning 60, he's like, I'll go into retirement. So he's he's living large. So, like, even from offhand, offhand knowledge, like, this, this story isn't as bad as certain people are projecting it to be. But it's still pretty bad. Like, there shouldn't be a labor shortage when they got a billion dollars of bailout money. Uh, all right. Um, so I think that... The biggest thing to keep in mind, because I know it had seemed like a lot of it got targeted at the CEO um, because he still got paid $10.6 million. But in fairness, he, which I mean, that's not a small salary. Don't I totally understand that. But he, that's actually the lowest paycheck he's ever taken from American Airlines. Um, the largest one was like 17 million, and that was when he merged uh, U.S. Airways. I think is the company he worked oh, before. That's okay. So that's who it was. So because um, American Airlines got bought by a certain company, um, and that's the company Uncle Phil worked for. I just don't know. I just forget which company that was. He told me the other day, but I just can't remember. No, yeah, so he probably worked for U.S. Airways. That's who it was. They, they, got, they got bought out by American Airlines. They both at some point had the same CEO, which is the current CEO of American. Okay. Um, so, and one of the things, though, is actually I think it was two or three years after he joined American, he actually stopped receiving a cash salary. So he gets paid in stock options, um, which a lot of the other CEOs or other uh, sort of top brass and Americans, some of them still have regular salaries, but to receive any of the benefits from the bailout, it's, I think it was something around like a 50% uh, pay cut. All upper management people had to take to receive the bailout if you're getting a cash salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got, American Airlines got, um, they got $13 billion in relief package that they never have to pay back. American Airlines also received a $10 billion loan from the government, What? but they have paid that loan back as of March. So I think what actually happened was they didn't think that the COVID restrictions were going to be lifted and they had the appropriate amount of people and then they got lifted and now they don't have the appropriate amount of people because the airline industry, I think, has lost a total of $35 billion. Yeah, they got, they got, they, they, they got bailed out 
pretty heavy. And to be fair, Nash, they if there's gonna if there's anyone who needs to be bailed out, it was the airlines because the airlines are so important to the U.S. economy, not just for travel but for like trade and goods, right? Like yeah. those 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 big, like the seven the seven forty sevens, like the, the huge ones that just carry goods. Those are all landed, right? Because they, yeah. they can't go they can't go across the world. But with all that bailout money, there shouldn't there's how is there a labor shortage? Like why, like they weren't supposed to fire people. And they did, even though they even though they did give them an option, they gave them they gave them an option to be furloughed or retirement or whatever. Like where'd that money go? They they paid some of it back or some of it back, but where'd the rest well, go? I, I think it's just a matter of your expenses now. If you're looking at that from like a business perspective, if you think you're going to have another year in lockdown, well, you don't need that much staff to operate the business. Yeah. There's just no point to have them. But if you're not being told when any of the lockdowns or anything is going to get lifted, you don't know. And that's generally what I think was happening. Cause I think I had actually heard about another story about how Biden didn't tell anybody his administration. They didn't tell anybody that they're when they were going to lift restrictions or suggest that other people do. And so it, there was actually like a massive surge at the airports for like weeks because there were way understaffed. All airports were because there just weren't as many people there. There didn't need to be. Right. I think I would imagine a lot of it had to do with layoff benefit, like paying for people to get laid off. Yeah. Um, having to pay unemployment. Which some people who got laid off for retirement are still getting, by the way. A lot of them are still getting it. And that's, that's not, that's not cheap. That's not cheap either. Um, but I, th- no. I, th- I, th- I thought it was an, I thought it was an interesting story that, you know, the labor, the labor shortage, it is, it is a real thing. Like I, I see want help wanted science everywhere. When I travel, I saw it everywhere. You know, when I talk to people in nature, they see it everywhere. People just don't want to go back to work right now for a plethora of reasons. And that is a big issue. Don't get me wrong. But when you got all this bailout money that I don't see an excuse for canceling 50 to 80 flights a day when things are opening back up. And hopefully, hopefully that um, gets fixed rather soon. How it gets fixed, your guess is as good as mine. Um, let's stop paying for unemployment. That's how, that's how you fix it. Because then you'll have people who need to work. <laughs> that's a solution. You see, I saw, I saw this today. We're not going to go into this deep, but I saw this today that um, Texans is suing Governor Abbott for taking away their unemployment benefits. And I was just like, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with that. You're going to waste all your money in a lawsuit. You're going to lose instead of just going back to work. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, this on a labor shortage again, um, someone told me that there's a, there's a bar in their hometown offering $10 an hour plus tips, and they still can't hire anyone. So now me, a few weeks ago, Nash, if you remember, I was saying, you know, that an easy solution here is just raise wages. You know, they are, and people still aren't going back to work. Yeah, because I did the whole math last time we talked about this. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. So yeah, so you were right. All right, I was wrong. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going into camp. Get rid of the unemployment benefits now. I am now getting into that camp. Then again, Nash, if I was a worker and I was getting unemployment benefits, and I was getting more unemployment benefits. I wouldn't go back to work. You got to your mind. I wouldn't go back to work. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I would either. I think that's just human nature. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't blame the workers. It's to say everyone's in a tough spot here, and what do you know? The government made an issue worse. Um, so speaking of a lawsuit, <laughs> speaking of a lawsuit, what are the odds? Where are the odds? The government got in their own way. What a shock! Uh, but speaking of the um, a lawsuit, MSNBC admits that Maddow isn't news in defamation lawsuit. Now, the lawsuit itself is a silly lawsuit. All right, it's a ridiculous lawsuit. We get that out of the way. So OAN um, sued MSNBC. Because Rachel Maddow said on her show that they are, quote, literally paid by Russia. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say quote. I should say paraphrasing that quote. Right? And they sued for a defamation. Um, to which the judge threw it out. Which, obviously, because it, it def, defamation, libel, slander, like, it's not just enough to lie. You have to, you have to prove that there's... Um, Harm, like financial harm or reputational harm, right? Yeah. Which this one there just isn't. But the point of the story here, Nash, is that MSNBC had to say in court that Maddow isn't news, and it's the same. Well, and then it's the same I, argument that Tucker made, or at Fox News made for Tucker and Hannity a few years ago. I don't think it is the same, or at least I think that the argument they usually use is in that instant, they weren't being factual. They're being opinionated. Which for a news talk show host, you can do because they're typically opinionated segments. Right. So it's like the judge threw the case out because he watched the clip and he was like, all right, if anybody's watching that segment, they're going to think she's, you know, just saying shit, you know, she's shooting the shit. They're not going to take it as fact. So you'd think that Nash, but so many people, and it's less and less now granted, but like over the past five years, this was specifically with Russiagate and all that people see everything Rachel Maddow says or Don Lemon or Brian Stelter or yeah. Wolf Blitzer, right? And they take it as fact. They take it yeah, as I know, news. I know. That, that, that judge said that, and he believed that. And I think I'd agree with that judge, but... I uh, would, yeah, but, I, but people I would also don't. think that most people are stupid, people, so yeah. It's not even that, but people watch MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, for news. For news. They go in thinking this is a news program, right? Yeah. And MSNBC, it's MSNBC News, the nightly news. <laughs> They sell the news, right? So even even, even if, like, now, again, this case should have been thrown out. This case is ridiculous. But it goes back to the point where they admit MSNBC had to say Rachel Maddow is not news. Our goal is not to inform the public. It's to entertain and be, and be exaggerated. That, no, that, that, that's fine, okay? That's okay. I'm not saying Rachel Maddow should be canceled or it shouldn't exist. The problem is you can't have those shows on a news. It's called Fox News. People take you seriously. You have responsibility. Like, then don't treat yourself seriously if you're not going to be, if you shouldn't be taken seriously. Don't treat yourself seriously. That's my issue here. Because they're not news. They aren't news, and then people think they are, and people treat them like news, and they treat themselves like news. Yeah, but it was OAN or pseudo, which is, I mean, and they're not news either. <laughs> it's like I, I, if, like literally, if I was in the courtroom, and if if MSNBC lawyers like, we're not, we're, our goal isn't to inform the public. I'd be like, okay, then what are you? 
Yeah. So you're telling me your propaganda then? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, because OAN in particular, they're literally owned and funded by like one family. Yeah, they're propaganda too. I, I would say that to MSNBC. I'd be like, then what? Oh, yeah, then what? Then what are you? If 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 Hannity said that, because I remember when I first heard this story, and Hannity said his argument that they weren't news. I was just like, wait, they seriously said that? Then why do people watch them? Entertaining. That's fine, but then don't treat it as news. Like if if he, my my dad loves Don Lemon because he finds him so entertaining. Loves him. He loves Don Lemon because he thinks he's ridiculous. But I have to tell him, like, it's not news. Just don't treat it like news. Yeah. Hey, those cat videos they have are real, all right? I want that to be clear. I want that on the record. Are you writing that down? Yeah, I got it. It's in my... It's in my um... The memes are always real. Moving right along, though. Yeah, um, uh, we got this is your story. U.S. Supreme Court rejects New Hampshire challenge to Massachusetts income tax on remote workers. This this pisses me off, but I get it. Yeah, so this is from a local news channel, WMUR9, um, which I believe is the New Hampshire network or Massachusetts. Luke I don't know. knows all about it. It's a local network anyway. So pretty much um, what happens is you have people living in New Hampshire that work for a company in Massachusetts, and typically they have to pay Massachusetts income tax, which mm-hmm. I think is a f- unconstitutional. But anyway. It is. Sure. Um, they uh, so because people have been doing remote working, they haven't been going to Massachusetts. So uh, they sued, essentially saying, "Listen, because we're in New Hampshire this whole time and we're not leaving New Hampshire, we don't have to pay Massachusetts income tax." And the Supreme Court rejected it, which um, I think is unjust. Yeah, that's definitely unconstitutional. Yeah, that's that's crazy, dude. That's so crazy to me. Because I have, I have the same issue, right? I, I'm just as mad because I live in Hoboken. have been working remote in Hoboken since March 2020. And I have been paying New York City taxes. Let me tell you, Nash, I don't work in New York City. I work in Jersey. I live in Jersey. Why am, I paying, why am I paying New York City taxes? You probably actually get a tax break for New York. New Jersey is typically higher taxes across the board. Well, I don't. I don't pay New York. I don't think I pay New York State taxes. I'm not sure on that. I'll check my. I'll check my statement. But I know for a fact I paid New York City. Yeah, and I think that's the most absurd thing in the world. It's like it, it's not even that. It's also Nash. We they just had the 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 um the Democratic primary for the New York City mayor. Why can't I vote in that? I work in New York City. I pay taxes, but I can't vote for it. Because it's a racket, dude. That's all it is. It's a racket. Like that's taxation without representation. Right but, now. Well, well, Daffy, that is only taxation without representation in the most literal and accurate sense. Okay. I just want you to know that. I mean, granted, <laughs> I don't I don't live in New York City, true, but those laws can that, that those say like you know whoever wins passes the tax law that can still affect me right any of those laws can still affect me and I'm paying taxes for it now I don't think I should vote for governor I don't think I should vote for um, representatives I don't think I should vote for senators I just want to vote for New York City mayor that's really it and I think I yeah. should or don't fucking tax me 
Yeah, Especially no, if, if I'm working it, there. If it, yeah, definitely if you're paying taxes for some sector, you should definitely be able to vote for it. Yeah. At the, at the very least, I don't think you should be taxed in any way to begin with because that's straight up theft. That is robbery. That is 100% robbery. Yeah. Without a doubt, that's all it is. God, so are toll booths. So are toll booths. But uh, okay, explain. <laughs> Sidebar. Come on, explain that. What do you mean? How are toll booths theft? They they just are. How are they not? Why do you have to pay for the roads that your taxes are paying for, Daffy? Upkeep. Okay, you can. That's not t- roads aren't that expensive. Let me tell you, Why? let me tell you, dude, Connecticut, Connecticut, Connecticut doesn't have toll booths, um, but their construction on roads take forever. Okay. What, what does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. They're not funded, what do you mean they're not they're funded enough. The, the, uh, getting funded more isn't going to make it go quicker. Good. That's how old road construction is. It's slow because if you ever look at a job site, you'll have two, three people working max and the other 20 staring and looking at them. <laughs> and there's always probably one guy with a clipboard pretty far off, either with a clipboard or with a phone. That's how construction works. But for whatever reason, every other state realizes, oh, yeah, we can easily repair and pay for our roads without taxing everybody else additionally. Well, Nash, sounds like you have a lawsuit waiting to happen. It's just, it's it's criminal, is what it is. I don't get it. All right, well, let's go on to the last one about the weather. Yeah, so it's really hot in the north, especially the north. It's hot everywhere, but it's really hot. I think it was like Canada has like got record, I think it's like Canada and Washington or Vancouver, somewhere like that. Vancouver yeah. was 102. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, like North Pole was like at a 98 or something or like parts of Alaska were at 100. Yeah, you've got record heats and they've actually declared another ocean um, at the South Pole. Wait, they just made up another ocean? Well, technically it's always been there, um, but there's... N- no, it's always been there. It's just like nobody has ever really agreed on the term because typically only science, like, because nobody lives there. Right. So nobody's ever really agreed on an official term because it's just a bunch of scientists talking about it. So I think it's called the Southern Ocean. In the North Pole? In the South, in the South Pole. Oh, I said the North Pole. Okay, my bad. No. Um, who decides that? Like, it's a, a, a gaggle of scientists? Like, how do you, I guess, how do you get I on that committee? The, I, guess, I guess the UN, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I want to be on that committee. I would have had, had a better name than the Southern Ocean. <laughs> what would you named it? I, um, Indian Ocean 2. Indian Ocean to Revenge of the Indian no, Ocean. No, dude, I would have called, I'd be like, okay, guys, clearly we, we messed up on the Indian Ocean. It's a little racist. Native American Ocean. I, the, the indigenous ocean. Uh, well, I think isn't the Indian Ocean like in India? Like, yeah, isn't probably. That? Indian Ocean is also the biggest one. I, I think Gulf of Mexico Extended would have been an even better one. Gulf of Mexico Extended. <laughs> um, they should go on. Actually, you know what? It's really just all one big ocean. 
<laughs> Call it a bigger lake. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, Lake Superior. <laughs> the the Lake Superior. <laughs> the Superior Lake. <laughs> all right, let's get into California because yeah. they're always on something over there. We always got top. We love talking about California. Actually, Nash, I don't say this is bad news. I think we knew my butt heads a little bit on this one, but California plans. To forgive some rent. Emphasis on the word some. So our sources are Rogue Rocket, New York Times, Associated Press, and The Hill. So California state legislature is in the final stages of negotiating an unprecedented $5.2 billion rent forgiveness program to pay off unpaid rent accumulated during the pandemic. It's not entirely clear yet who would receive the money because it's California, uh, which comes from an unexpected budget surplus in federal stimulus funds. After speaking to top aide for Governor Gavin Newsom. Hold on, hold on. We're just going to gloss over the fact that there was an unexpected budget surplus from federal funds when they straight up were giving it to criminals like twice. (laughs) Well, there was also, there was 22 other states who have a surplus. That's not too uncommon right now. Yeah, but I'm saying that the way California handled it, yeah, California is bad with money, dude. They're really bad with money. Like Bill Maher did a really good piece that California has enough water to fight the fires. They're just all yeah. going to farmers. All the well, water yeah, is can, going to farmers unnecessarily. Yeah. Well, they, I don't know why they don't have like desalination over there. I never understood that. I don't know what that is. That's taking the salt out of salt water. Oh, yeah, that too. Like what? You can do it. It's kind of, it's a little complicated, I think. Yeah, you boil it. I guess technically, but I think they've got like a more efficient method to help. They may not. I don't know. But no, exactly that. I don't know why nobody's doing that. Like Israel does that. They've been doing it for years. They've got like the biggest one in the world over there and they're tiny. They're tinier than California. Yeah. Well, it's California, dude. It's like, they might as well be called the, inef- the, inefficient, the inefficient state. They're just stupid. Okay, let's keep going. So I'm just speaking to a top aide from Governor Gavin Newsom. The Associated Press reported that the $5.2 billion figure would cover 100% of rent uh, financed by federal money. Um, however, the same aide told the New York Times that the state had federal funds, quote, to help pay the rent of low-income people. Now, they don't define low-income, so that's kind of a problem here. The outlet also explicitly reported that the program, quote, would be an available would be available to residents who earn no more than 80 percent of the median income in their area and who and an area and who can show pandemic relief financial hardship. So you got to prove it. Um, you have to own two, between two to three jets. <laughs> you have to be in Nancy Pelosi's um, district. <laughs> <laughs> and at least one gated community house. In San Francisco, a family of four would have to earn less than 146000 to qualify. So, Nash, initial thoughts. What do you think? I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I think, you know, it probably should be easier. I think they should just give it to anybody that made under a certain amount of money. Yeah, that's my thing, like, so you're going to help low-income people, right? They're still going to be low-income people. Now, the the middle-income people who also can't afford rent are going to be evicted with no bail 
and are going to become low-income people. Ah, yeah. Like, that's very, that's kind of like a mean way of, and basic way of putting it, but you get my drift. Yeah, no, I get that. Because let's see, a family of four. So that's both parents making 70 grand. Yeah. That sounds, honestly, that sounds pretty reasonable. That, yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable, I think. Now, um, this is a, this overall thought. This is a good idea on paper, but knowing California and allocating money, it's not going to go well. Yeah, you're going to see a bunch of inmates get the money and probably a house, too. Like, people who are supposed to get the money are not going to get the money. Um, but other than that, Nash, the state is also proposing to set aside $2 billion to pay for unpaid water and electricity bills. They have also have a plan to give an additional $12, uh, $12 billion back to taxpayers by sending them st- state stimulus checks of at least $600 to millions of middle-class Californians. State lawmakers also debating on whether to extend the eviction moratorium, which is set to end next week, so the end of this week, actually, so like Friday, to ensure that Californians are not evicted before the debts can be paid off by the state. So, not only is this... A, is this California has a record of not doing things well. They have... Four days to do it. You know what? We don't know when we'll be able to pay. Dude, that's that's like the dumbest thing I've ever read. Like, you know what? Should we should we extend them not getting evicted if we're about to pay for all of the stuff they couldn't pay for? You know what? I don't know. Well, I hmm. think I think they're planning on extending it so they can get this program in place. Now they, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They, they probably like, should have had this program <sighs> in place, I don't know, a year ago. Yeah, like before all of this was even because if you live there and you're just hearing about that news, odds are you've already planned to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this week. I was like, what if they don't get that passed? Well, you've already left, right? Yeah. And Nash, Nash, what was the what was the way we did our first show on COVID last year? What was one of the first things you said states should do? Um, freeze all the rent. Freeze all the rent and pay the landlords. Yeah. What did they do? Not that. Not that. They didn't do that. Now they're like, oh, maybe we should have paid those landlords. So <laughs> should ca- we extend evicting people? I don't know. We'll think about it. So California is <laughs> planning to do this, but note, Nash, the federal the federal rent forgiveness program has already been established federally. However, a fraction of that money is actually given out to renters. Because it's the government. And they're not good with money. So I always want more. Um, at the beginning of the year, the U.S. government allocated, allocated $23.7 billion in emergency rental assistance to all 50 states and D.C. But uh, based, on their sh- oh, based on their share of the country's, po- uh, county's population, California received the largest chunk at $2.6 billion, which the state has decided to funnel into covering low-income tenants' back rent. So... The, the California was given two point six billion dollars beginning of the year, and now they're deciding to use it. I wonder what happened to the other like twenty one billion. Uh, Texas got the second largest with one point nine billion. The other, um, the other twenty billion. Oh, okay. twenty three to all the states. All, all the states okay. plus DC. So got allocated to the rest of the states. Uh, okay, they didn't mean twenty seven billion per state. Jesus, no. our roads would be paved paved with gold down here if that was the case. No, they paved with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's in gold now. <laughs> haven't you heard? <laughs> um. So this this. 
program pretty much already exists. It just hasn't worked. People haven't been getting the money. I think it's like 8% of people who actually filed for it have actually gotten it. There's a stat in here later on in the notes. I just have to find it, but we'll cut there. So let's actually touch upon evictions. Starting the new program, distributing all the money will take some time. No shit. And California has been struggling to keep up with the demand for more modest rent relief programs. So here we go. According to the report, the California Department of Housing and Community Development, just 32 million of the 490 million in requests for rental assistance through the end of May had been paid. That comes out to about 8%. Now, oh my God. Now, how did that happen? Because, Nash, it's California, remember? There are complaints yeah. that the forms for rent forgiveness were 32 pages long and took three hours to complete. Oh, my God. So we're going to cover this program to give you rent forgiveness, but we're going to make it so fucking annoying, you're not even going to want it. Jesus Christ. Now, they have fixed that. Now it takes an average of 30 minutes, and it's available in six languages, and it's easy to fill out over a smartphone. So they did fix it, but the fact that they had to, uh, you know... Someone, someone approved a 32-page, three, three-hour form in the, fir- in, the first place, in the first place. And people are confused yeah. why Gavin Newsom's being recalled. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, it turns out you can do it in half an hour on your phone. <laughs> you don't need to print out a book from the government to do it. The state legislature is also debating extending the protection and reportedly close to a deal, but nothing has yet been set in stone. Um... So let's get to actual stories from some tenants because some of them are pretty heartbreaking and some of them, well, okay, I have a few different thoughts on actual evictions. Uh, tenants' rights groups say that the move is necessary to ensure struggling Californians are not evicted uh, before their debts can be paid off by the state. Some, some housing advocates want to keep the moratorium in place until employment has reached pre-pandemic levels. Landlords, however, have said it's time to end the ban, pointing at the state's rapid economic recovery which has added 495,000 new jobs since February, as well as Newsom lifting all restrictions on businesses last week. Not new jobs. Yeah, those aren't new jobs. Those are jobs that we got that they got back that were recently that were taken away by the state. That really annoys me, Nash. They're not new jobs. They're they're just recovered no, jobs. Ever, ever since you started pointing that out, that really annoys me too. That's just a lie. It's not a new job. It's a job that existed that is now somebody's returned to. It's 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 four hundred ninety five jobs. Gavin Newsom said you can go back to. Yeah, they're not new jobs. God. I wonder why people want him out of the state. Right? Anyway, now, 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 if if the government didn't didn't uh, you know force people to shut down work, those four hundred ninety five new jobs would just would have already been there. Yeah, <laughs> they would have already been there. Um, so do you, what do you what do you think, Nash? Should should the ban extend or the landlords have a point here? I don't really think they have a point. Um, mainly because the government forced them to shut down, right? So the people can't control that if their job gets affected by it. And it wouldn't matter if the, like, I like that point of extending them until 
um, the unemployment reached pre-pandemic levels because that makes a lot of sense because then you actually have given enough people enough time without paying rent to generate more money so then they could save it up to actually pay the rent back that they owed. Yeah. Whereas if you're just like, hey, last week, you know, 100,000 people got work. Well, they don't have money to pay you right now. Like, obviously. And also, uh, Nash, some people owe like $30,000 of rent. Yeah, no, exactly. There's people a, there's owe a, a ton. Get into. Um, so according to Opportunity Insights, an economic tracker based at Harvard, so you know it's credible, um, said while it is true that employment for middle-age, middle and high-wage jobs, excuse me, have now, surpa- now have surpassed pre-demic levels. The rates of low-income workers are down nearly 40% since January of last year uh, because they don't want to go back to work. Because they those, yeah. those jobs suck. Um, as a result, many of, many of the people who have had months or even a year of unpaid rent can barely or have been barely able been to chip away at the rent they owe. Studies show that about a third of tenants have at some point used federal stimulus or unemployment money to pay their rent since last year, but a much smaller number, as low as 2%, have been able to uh, access the rental program. Consequently, a majority of renters still had to borrow or draw on savings to cover bills during the pandemic, leaving them less able to weather the future emergencies as the economy recovers. So, yeah, there's some people who dipped into their savings and used all of it. All of it. Yeah, it's pretty tragic. There's, like, construction workers who lost their job and now live in a park. In California. Um, I mean, any story you can think of, you can find across this spectrum. Like, I guarantee you, Nash, there's yeah. some people who lost their job, got unemployment, were making more money, and just could pay rent, and just haven't paid rent, and just bought shit they don't need. Yeah, I'm sure. There's probably a lot of those. But I would argue there's probably more people that are not like that. And there's more people like Kelly Lloyd. Um, she says, quote, the expectation to pay for people to be to be up and at them and ready to pay off July 1st is wholeheartedly unfair. That's from Kelly Lloyd, a 43-year-old single mother who says she has not worked consistently during the pandemic since the pandemic began in March 2020. Lloyd a member of the advocacy group Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment is supposed to pay nineteen twenty four a month for a two-bedroom, two-bathroom rent-controlled apartment in the Crenshaw district of South LA. But she says she says, but she says she's thirty thousand dollars behind after not working for most of last year. Uh, to care for two children as daycare centers daycare centers closed and schools halted schools halted in person learning. Now, you didn't pay anything, zero. Like that. That's that's hard for me to believe that some people just didn't pay anything. Like I can't imagine being in that situation is not paying anything. Well, how could she if she has two kids? Unemployment benefits, depending, you know, depending. I, I'll say, I don't know anything about this woman. I don't know how much money she made previously. I don't know how much unemployment benefits bet. I don't understand her situation other than the fact that she has two kids and she had to do in school learning. 
So she couldn't find work. Yes, that is incredibly valid. But you couldn't put aside anything from unemployment to pay off some of this rent? Maybe she didn't get an unemployment or... I don't know. I feel like that's totally believable. And so, you know, some people, the, the unemployment phone calls, people are on the phone for like eight hours, seven hours, four hours a day trying to get unemployment. And some people didn't get unemployment until months into the pandemic either. Let's not forget that either. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I, you think she could be on the phone for seven hours while there are two kids that she has to look after there? No, not a goddamn chance. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. This, this situation sucks for literally everybody. Uh, meanwhile, in the Wine County era, Sonoma County, property manager Keith Becker says 14 tenants are more than, oh my God, 14 tenants are more than $100,000 behind in rent payments. Wow. You're owed $1.4 million from tenants. Jesus. Wow. Wow. I forgot I put that in the notes. Just wow. That's crazy. Here's the thing, Nash. This isn't this isn't a California only issue either. This is gonna be nationwide. Where Yeah, I know it's in a lot of places, but it's gonna be worse in places and it's it's starting to look like that in places that had tougher restrictions. New York, California, uh cities. Mostly cities, highly densely populated areas with high rent. Chicago. Well, I mean, I mean, you're probably not going to see a lot of it in Florida. You're probably not going to see a ton of it in Texas, just because they didn't have many restrictions, so COVID never really prevented people from working. Yeah, at least not nearly as bad. No, I don't. I think yeah, I don't think it was for nearly as long. I think it was a minor inconvenience. I think it was a bit of an inconvenience, whereas here. Literally destroying people. Like here's here's my thing, dude. How did how did the government not see this coming? We saw this coming. They didn't care. Well, it's because I mean, what are you what are you gonna do for California? And like, what are you gonna do for them? You know, you know what I mean. Like, if they're not gonna fix it, because this isn't a federal thing to fix; it's a state thing to fix. And those states messed up. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. I mean, so, the, the you federal, know, the federal yeah. government probably could have given them money to help like they, well, they like did, they did. But, 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 what did, but what happened to it? You know, like, yeah, it's not the, much, it's not the federal yeah. government's responsibility to di- dictate where the money goes. They just write the check. Yeah. It's uh, the assumption that the local leaders are going to know how best to send resources and what to do with them. And they just don't hear. Well, it's as simple as it is. Well, we're going to get into um, California's homeless industry. I'm going to call it an industry. Uh, it's a, um, here's an industry. I'm going to be like that word. It's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a racket. It's definitely a racket. It's a, it's a profiteering racket. It's an industry. It's an industry, but there's surplus of money. The enormous wealth of tech entrepreneurs and Hollywood moguls and the, and the sales of surging stocks and multi-million dollar homes helped produce this year's record budget surplus for California. California's tax system heavily reliant on capital gains and the incomes of the wealthy 
fills states' coffers in years when the stock market does well. Uh, 22 states also have a cash surplus for different reasons. Newsom's new program comes as the government has proposed a $100 billion recovery package, also drawn from the budget surplus and unspent federal funds. That would pour funds into numerous sectors, including education, homeless, and much more. So that pretty much explains how where the money comes from, um, which still confuses me. It's just like, okay, you have all this federal money that you just sat on. Why did you sit on it? Um, I don't know. Probably for this. They probably were seeing how much money they actually needed to spend. You know, it's kind of like, I feel like, oh, if we don't, you know, spend all this money, we can put it in the stuff that we own. But they just wait. And now it's like, okay, we need to spend some of it. Like, well, well, we've got all of this money. We so all this might money. As well. Now we got a week to do it. So at the sidebar on California's homelessness, uh, the state already has more than half. Oh, my God. The state of California has more than half the nation's unsheltered homeless population. Each night, about one, uh, 14, 114,000 Californians sleep outside or in their cars. It's probably more. Like, they can't count all of them. Yeah, it's hard to track. It's def- It has to be more. And federal data shows the homeless count was rising just as the pandemic hit. Wow. The, co- yeah. the cause is no mystery. The state has a 700,000 median home value. and ca- Wow, 700,000. And California's renters are among the, ho- the nation's most burdened, with 27.3% of tenants paying more than half of their, uh, of their pre-tax income in rent. Pre-tax, uh. pre-tax income? More than half? Oh, that... That's the third highest in the nation. Now, I pay, well, I'm, I'm getting a raise next week. So once my raise kicks in, it's going to be less. But right now, I probably pay, I pay a little over half of my post-tax in rent. I probably pay about 55% of my income um, in rent. That's after tax, after 401k, after health insurance, after everything. I pay over, a little over half in rent. Next, after next week, it's going to probably be probably like 45%. But damn, Nash, that's crazy. That's a crazy statistic right there. It is. So what's Newsom's uh, uh, plan? We're gonna th- California's like, California, the state where we just throw money at problems. The governor has proposed spending $12 billion on homelessness, homelessness, including $7 billion to buy motels and apartments to convert them into shelters and $1.75 billion into building affordable housing. Now, on the surface, Nash, good. I think that's good news. That's a good thing. I'm, I'm fine with affordable housing. Yes. I don't know how I feel about homelessness. Just give them, you know, honestly, dude, they, 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 they do studies. If you just give a homeless person a home, like, they don't waste it. They actually, like, they do better. They find a job and they, because, like, you know, when you apply for a job, right, you have to put an address down. Yeah. Homeless people can't do that, so they can't get hired. Uh, that's true. So if you, if, also... you, if you give them housing, they can, be hi- they can be hired. I've also been in interactions with lots of homeless people that simply refuse to work. So There's a spectrum, Nash. You're going to find a little bit of everything. 
Yeah, I'm just saying. I Between 114,000 counted people, right? You're going to find some people who just don't want to work. You're going to find some people who are on drugs. You're going to find a lot of people who just hit hard times. You're going to find a spectrum. Uh, okay. I don't, think, I don't think it's fair to generalize. I, but that's what you were just doing. I don't think it's fair to generalize across one thing. It's, I'm generalizing with five different scenarios, Nash. I think that's totally normal. Well, only after I said the other one. Right. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm too tired. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, this sounds good on paper. $12 billion. But let's not forget, Nash. California has slash has had a billion dollars a year allocated to fighting homelessness. And that was in 2019. Yeah. So, a billion dollars a year goes to fighting homelessness and it gets worse. How is that possible? Where does the almost, money go? It's almost like it doesn't help. Where does the money go? <laughs> no, I, I, heard, I think California is bad at using it. Let I, me guess. I heard, I heard this on Rogan uh, about a week ago. I don't know who the guest was. It wasn't a podcast I listened to. He was saying it from a podcast he did the other day and I listened to it. So this is like third-hand knowledge here. But some people employed to help end homelessness earn $250,000 a year. So I wonder how motivated they are and how hard they want to work to end homelessness with a salary like that. Yeah, if you're getting paid $250,000 a year, kind of about to go get a job there. You're, you get paid... Okay, if you're getting paid to end homelessness, if you don't try that hard, you still get paid that, and you still ensure that you get paid that. You ensure you have a job by doing nothing. And California is going to pay it because they have a big homeless problem. Yeah. Right? It's almost just like, it's like the pharmaceutical industry. Like, you know, like they, they, they don't, they don't try and cure you. They try and treat you. If they if they cure you, they don't make them any more money. Yeah, exactly. It's all about repeat customers. So it's also estimated that around two hundred fifty million of that one billion dollar budget actually goes to fighting homelessness. Now, double check me on that number. I'm going off pure memory, um, but it's not a lot that actually goes to fighting yeah, homelessness compared, compared to the billion that they get. Yeah, that's a quarter. Yeah. Now, the numbers were probably off, but it's around there. So, where does the money go? Where does the money go? I don't pay all the people who don't do anything, man. <laughs> if they just gave, if they just gave homeless people a salary of that, <laughs> so, it'd be better spent. So, Gavin Newsom is going to give twelve billion dollars. To the industry that gets a billion dollars that doesn't work. Something tells me that the people who work to fight homelessness are gonna get a whole lot richer. And the homeless huge bonuses. And the homeless themselves are gonna stay right there. Yeah, probably. I really like affordable housing though. That's good. They're spending it on that. That's nice. Well, we'll see how much actually, we'll see how much actually goes there. 
than if it actually gets built. Right now, it, Nash, this is all talk. I'll believe it when I see it. That's true. I'm trying to be optimistic here. The rent, the rent forgiveness, I, I, I hope they do it. I hope it's more than low-income earners. They got four days. What? I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when it works. I'll give them credit when it works. I'm not giving them credit yet because fuck them because they haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, that's true. That's No, that's how you should think about it. So that's, that's the end of the homeless sidebar. Um, while many economists have said that these funds will be an incredibly helpful tool to get economic recovery back on track and to aid those hurt by the pandemic, Republicans in Congress have argued to those to, the, to these surplus that should go towards paying for President Biden's infrastructure bill. Why not give it to the people? Like, why do why do politicians not like giving money to people, but they love giving money to businesses and businesses? Well, they love giving them to big businesses. Yeah. Because I heard this on Kyle Klinsky the other day, Nash. If you give money to people, individual people, more times than not, they're going to use that money the right way. You know, the idea is like, oh, they're going to buy it on drugs, alcohol, something stupid, TVs. Not necessarily. Yeah. It's if you give it to people, they're going to spend they're going to be most more times than not they're going to make the right choice and spend the money the right way. Whereas if you give money to corporations and businesses, it's the exact they're, opposite. They spend yeah, the money the wrong way. They're just going to give they're just going to give themselves bigger bonuses. Yeah. So why is Republicans Republicans specifically, why do Republicans hate giving money to people? You're supposed to be for the workers, no? That's what they run on, no? Um, sort of. I'm confused what this is, what you're targeting specifically. Like, they're... The infrastructure thing? I'm just saying, I'm just saying that Republicans in general, right? Republicans are saying, we're for the working man, the the coal miners, the, the picking up by your bootstraps, working class people. But we're not gonna, yeah. we're not going to bail you out, no. We don't want to give you money. Well, yeah, because the government shouldn't be giving anybody money. Shouldn't have to. That's essentially the philosophy. Why? Because odds are, if the government starts handing out money to people, it's going to be corrupt. But I'd rather give it to people than companies. They'd just rather not give out money. I mean, in a perfect world, Nash, the government wouldn't give out money because that's just inflation. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's either it's either inflation more. It's, it's okay when the government gives out money, it comes in two forms: inflation or taxation. That's it. Yeah, I would say Republicans hate both of those more. Uh, they they Dem they definitely do, but Democrats don't care. But they only hate it when a Democrat's president. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess it depends. Republicans like giving money to law enforcement and Re the military. Reagan, it happened under Reagan, it happened under Bush, it happened under Trump. The deficit just went way, way up. It went up under Democrats, too, don't get me wrong. But they only complain about it when it happens under Clinton, Carter, or um, Obama. Oh, well, yeah, or because... Biden. 
typically a lot of times people see that they personally gain more wealth during those periods. Personal wealth increases during those periods, typically. Yeah, well, it's still holding hypocrisy. So, uh, but do you think, okay, so then let me ask you, Nash, if, they have, if California has a surplus of money, should it go towards infrastructure or should it go to the people? Um, I don't know. I don't know who would go to there because it's like, who who would you give it to? Not to any of the wealthiest people, but they're going to be the ones that are going to take it. Yeah, no, you you would give it. You would you would forgive the rent, pay it's any bills they have because of COVID. Just pay yeah. them. The government would pay Essentially, them. because their state screwed them over so much because it prevented them from working. Like, that's the big thing. If the government prevented you from doing your job, that's their fault. Yeah. They should pay for that. They're responsible. They 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 take the burden of responsibility off you and put it on themselves, at least in a perfect world. Yeah, because they put that burden on you to begin with, and they shouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, they took away your American dream. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's my new country album right there. But then again, infrastructure, Nash. I mean, you just saw you just saw the building collapse in Florida the other day. You know, you had that bridge in Tennessee, which was on the verge of collapse. America's infrastructure is a mess. Sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, eh, kind of. Some places it is, some places it isn't. Except bridge is also in Arkansas, too. It's a shared bridge. Yeah. Well, I'm not throwing your Tennessee under the bus, don't worry. Um, but even, you know, some Republicans are asking, will this even work? Kevin Falconer, I love that name, it's a great name. The former Republican mayor of San Diego who is challenging Newsom in an upcoming recall election, so this is why he's saying this, uh, said rent relief program was only a temporary fix. Quote, one-time gimmicks are no substitute for permanent relief. California is unaffordable for middle-class families, and that's why they are leaving the state in mass. Yeah, uh, the state has consistently been more uh, seen more people leaving um, than more people leave than move in from another state over the past decade, and in the process has lost nearly nine hundred thousand residents to uh, out migration. Makes a good point. Like this, this yeah. no matter what you do, it's not going to fix anything. Really, the more of the story, Nash, it's too little, too late. Yeah, no, exactly. That was kind of my thing. Like, I don't know who I'd give money to because it's too much of a clusterfuck to begin with so you can't really i don't know who to help seems like they screwed themselves over too much yeah all right well let's let's move on from this story because we're running out of time actually we're gonna go long again biden to outline actions aimed at combating the recent rise in violent crime and gun violence sources include rogue rocket reuters the associated press and business insider um so joe biden pledged last Wednesday to go after illegal guns and declares uh, gun dealers, excuse me, and boost federal funding in support for local law enforcement at homicide rates as homicide rates have spiked in larger cities. So basically, he wants to crack down on guns and fund the police, refund the police. Now, giving the police more money, yeah, you shouldn't have defunded them. Didn't work. Sorry. It sounds like the problem they created, they're trying to solve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. Uh, Biden never ran on defunding the police. Never no, ran on didn't. it. Never, never believed it. Never believed in it. Never said it publicly. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I don't think he ever believed in himself either. No. It was a very far left ideal. I mean, the person who wrote the crime bill doesn't want to defund the police? No fucking way. Uh, <laughs> uh, Biden said the government also will help states employ more police officers using funds already approved to help the economy recover from COVID. This includes tougher enforcement policies for federal gun control laws, as well as new guidelines for how cities and states can use COVID-19 relief funds to combat gun violence. For instance, those guidelines will allow the hiring of more police officers, paying overtime officers overtime, buying equipment, and funding additional quote-unquote enforcement efforts. So yeah, I'm down with that. Pay cops more, give them OT, better equipment, although equipment, you know, they already pretty much use military-grade equipment. They really need better equipment. Um, and funding for additional officers or enforcement efforts. I don't know what that means. But Penny, sounds like you've seen sounds like you've seen the wire. Right? Uh <laughs> you walk through the garden. You walk through the garden. Oh McNulty. Uh, <laughs> Cue the Irish song. <laughs> He's a great old man of the USA. <laughs> um but yeah, pay officers more and pay them overtime. Officers are vastly underpaid and underrespected in this country. Some things for good, some some of them for good reasons, but some officers, you know, this, you you can't, you, I, I don't like bashing police officers unless they deserve it. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that either. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like there, 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 there's, there's a story in New York City. There is a police officer who I believe is a lesbian who just quit. Because she said, you know, she was sick of getting spit on, sick of getting sworn at, sick of getting screamed at, being called a racist and a profiler, and she quit. She's like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, that pissed me off. I wouldn't want to go to work at that. Right? And I wouldn't want to defend those people. <laughs> yeah. I want to want to protect and serve those people. Now like, you know, someone like Derek Chauvin got 22 and a half years. Do what, say anything you want to him. You know, a cop, a cop who gets seen in these videos doing shitty things, say whatever the fuck you want to them. They deserve it. But like a traffic cop just minding their business, fucking leave them alone, dude. Leave them alone. They just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. They just want to Keep the streets clean, man. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but I agree with you. Yeah, they're just, I feel like most police officers are fine people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Um, <clears throat> Biden's plan also includes investing in community-based intervention programs for both potential perpetrators and potential victims of gun violence and helping felons adjust to housing and work after leaving prison. Okay, I can get aboard that too. That's a great idea. It, yes. <laughs> so this comes as Joe Biden has failed to pass major legislation on guns despite the Democratic majority and President Joe Biden's push. A bill that would strengthen background checks is stalled in the Senate. That's not going anywhere. Um, the House in March passed legislation requiring the checks on all sales and transfers as well as an ex expanded 10-day expanded review for gun purchases. Many states require background checks only for sales at federally licensed dealers, but the legislation faces an uphill battle getting any Republican support in the Senate. Now, let's back up for a second. Most yeah. states require background checks only for sales at 
fed, federally licensed dealers? Yeah. Is that true? Well, do you know what a federally licensed dealer is? I would assume... Any, any gun store. As a, as a, anything that's not a gun show. Or no, gun, li- gun shows require yeah. background checks as well. Yeah, it's literally, it's literally any business that sells guns or ammunition is a federally licensed dealer. Okay. What, what they're talking about is if you want to do personal sales, because I, if I have a gun, I can sell it to my friend, and I don't have to tell anybody about it. So that's, so that's what he's trying to get rid of? Yes. Thoughts? What do you think? Yes or yay or nay? That's stupid, and you'll never do it. Okay, it, it might not ever pass, granted. Yeah. But why, why is that a bad policy? Because why should I have to go buy a gun from one? Like, why should I have to go buy and sell and be dependent on that dealer for it? So they can check to make sure you can own one. Okay, but yeah, you're not supposed to go just sell it randomly to people. But that's the whole point is you're not like you're just selling it to somebody that you know that is fine to sell it to. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see that. I'm pretty sure it is illegal to just sell it to somebody randomly. I'm fairly certain you have to know them. Does it have to be, it have to be friend or family? It has to be friend or family of some relation? I'm pretty sure. I've never done it. I, I, I think I should state that. I haven't done that because if you do it wrong, it's a felony. Um, I have never sold somebody a gun. Um, but yeah, you can sell it to people you know. Or I think if you're related to somebody, you can probably give somebody. You cannot buy a gun on somebody else's behalf. That is illegal no matter what way you look at it. Yeah. So you can't buy a gun for someone. Yeah. Okay. How about gifting guns? I think if they're a family, I think you can. I, th- I think so, too. Like you, I don't know if you can put it, if you have to put it in the will, but Crowder talks about this. Gifting guns, like if I gift, if I, if my father gifts his theoretical gun to me, as long as it's purchased legally, he can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I see the argument where it kind of infringes on your rights to own a gun, but if this, if this law, if it is this, if they went away with it, I don't see it as the end of the world. I don't. Well, see, like, here, well see, here's the thing. What you would do is, you would make a lot more people who aren't doing, who are doing something that you can't track. It's literally impossible to track. You're going to instantly make all of them criminals for not really doing something illegal. It does. It does. It it hurts law-abiding citizens. Definitely. Yes. It, this law. Yes. It it it, it hurts. It hurts. Lawful gun owners more than illegal gun owners. Yeah, because odds are, if there's somebody is selling the gun illegally, they probably came about it illegally. Yeah, it's like so. Will will this law really help anything? Will this will this law help lower crime? If the answer is no, then is there really any reason to have it? Yeah, it's not going to do anything because if somebody wanted to do it, they could do it without anybody knowing. Yeah. 
All right, so that, keep that in mind as we go into some crime statistics. In 2020, homicides in, okay. So I want to I just, before I say this, Biden and his administration, or Democrats in general, are saying that the recent uptick in crime stats, which I'm about to read out, are because of guns and gun purchases over the past year. It has nothing to do with, really, with the riots or the fact that police were defunded. They're focusing more on the guns than those two things. Which, I mean, I don't know how. You got to be seven types of stupid to, like, agree with that without factoring, oh, maybe getting rid of the police had something to do with it. Or, or, or maybe, like, the, the riots that happened all last summer had something to do with it. Like, it's, it's okay. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe telling the police not to go handle the mob outside our house had something to do with like, it. It's, it may, maybe it's the police they couldn't. They couldn't take back Chaz that was taken for three weeks. <laughs> they they, they yeah, just they, they, com- they literally committed treason and stole land. That's absurd. And then America called just... the summer love. Um so like yeah, <laughs> guns, maybe it's something to do with it, but it's like number three on that list of three. That being said, in twenty twenty, homicides in large US cities rose thirty percent from a year earlier when gun assaults rose 8% with the uh, fastest rate in big cities, including Chicago and Houston. Uh, that's from the White House, saying a report by the nonpartisan research group Council on Criminal Justice. Overall, the national rate is still far below the national average in the 1970s or 1980s. So, even though crime was up 30% last year, it's still on a downward trend in comparison to the 70s and 80s. Which is interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. So while crime is rising, homicides and shootings are up from the same period last year in Chicago, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Portland, Oregon, Baltimore, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Houston. Violent crimes overall remains low, um, lower than it was a decade ago or even five years ago. So it's still on a downward trend, which is also very interesting. That is. What do you th- why do you think that is? What? Like what, all of it? Like, or... like all of that crime like from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, I, I I can see you know Giuliani really cleaned up New York specific for, yeah. a, for a specific example. But over like, the past order. decade and Long five order. years, uh, it's going down. Like with the news cycle, that's pretty surprising. Or uh, lower than it has a decade ago, or even five years ago. That's what that homi- surprising. Homicides yeah. and shootings, but I can't think of a reason why that would be. No, granted, from la- last year, the climate climbs plummeted during the first six months of the COVID pandemic, as people stayed indoors. But then, I, and as I so bluntly put, wonder what could have caused that. Um, oh, then it's they stayed indoors and away from others. They started creeping up last summer. So they started creeping up last summer, which I go, wonder what that could. I wonder what could have caused that. They kind of left that out. Well, I mean, I want to say I think it's maybe we just get force-fed all this violence that's going on that isn't actually as bad as it, as it has been. Yeah. And we just perceive it as being bad because every day we hear a, a bad story about it. 
Oh, so the world's the world's a smaller place now. Like you 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 hear about everything. Now I don't know if there was a twenty four hour no, there was a twenty four hour news cycle in the seventies and eighties. But you know Well that started. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking of Anchorman too. Um that's when it started. <laughs> property crimes such as burglaries and larcenies also fell in 2020. Uh, but this year, 20,989 Americans died of gun violence through June 23rd. But, Nash, more than half of those are through suicide. Hmm. That's according to the Gun Violence Archive. A research group. That surprised me as well. That's surprising. More than half through suicide. It shouldn't surprise me. It's been a terrible year, I mean, to be honest. Because, I mean, but then again, you know, Nash, when, when the media doesn't say that because yeah. it doesn't go with their narrative on guns, it goes against their narrative of saying it's a mental health issue, not a gun issue. Yeah, because maybe it's because what you're saying, Daffy, if I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is what you're saying is maybe if we were focused on suicide prevention, there would be roughly 12,000 people still alive. Or maybe if we focused on, you know, getting people IDs, photo ID laws wouldn't be such a bad idea. What? You know, like, you know, it's, instead of focusing on the fact that voter ID laws, like, well, maybe we should focus on getting oh, people yeah, IDs. Because, yeah, yeah, you know, having, yeah, an ID, okay. having an ID is very important in society. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought you were saying that in reference to the gun thing. That's like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no to, to the gun no, thing, exactly. yeah. I get your like, point. You're, I get focusing, your point. you're focusing on the wrong thing here. Yeah. Like, especially because, like, this, th- these crime statistics... It's like, at this point, it's like, no, you don't need fucking gun reform. What are you, nuts? It's already going down it, on its own. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. A lot of states are actually doing the opposite of gun reform. They're making it easier to carry guns. Like, I'm fairly certain July 1st in Tennessee, you're allowed to conceal carry without a permit. See, I don't know how Which I- is... Well, see, here, Which is huge. That, that, like, see, that's, that is that is very huge. Now I'm trying I'm trying to put myself in a perspective of someone from Tennessee, like yourself, because like me from New, from Bass from Boston, suburb of Boston, growing up in Long like then in Long Island, now in Hoboken, like to an outsider, that sounds preposterous. Like, yeah. I mean, if I wanted to, I think I could walk down Main Street with a gun in my hand, and it'd be perfectly in my legal right. See now. I'm trying to put myself in someone from Tennessee where guns are so part of the culture that wouldn't, I don't think that's a big deal for Tennessee. Uh, this, this new can just open carry. I just don't see that as a big deal. Um, well, open carry, it lets you know, it lets everybody who sees, you know, that you oh, have sorry, a gun. Oh, sorry, concealed carry. Like, cause like, well, like well, if, you if know someone's how many people, d- Go ahead. Aren't gonna aren't you know how many people aren't gonna want to get in fights now? Yeah, like you know who's not gonna want to shoot up a a laundromat? Yeah, anybody. Yeah, it's like an armed society is a polite society when everyone knows how to use a gun. 
right? Because like, yeah. I, I feel like a high majority of people in Tennessee who own guns are incredibly responsible with them. Or not. Sometimes they're not. A lot of times they're not, which is a reality. That's a reality you can't avoid that I think a lot of people do. And, you know... It's all transparency's sake. You have to acknowledge that. Yeah, some people are going to do wrong things. With it. 100% they are. Well, 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 I, that, don't, I, I don't think that's something I've ever said, and I feel like it should be said. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said but is that is that the same in, like, the, municip- the municipality of Nashville? Are you speaking about outside of Nashville? No, it's the state. The state. I know, but, like, for the for, for saying, like, I feel like people in Nashville, in the city, are going to be more responsible than, you know, people from even... Um, Knoxville or in the suburbs of like Western Tennessee in its middle in the sticks. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like most people in Nashville, if you're going to find groups of people that don't own guns, it's going to be people that live in the city limits. Whereas, well, I mean, the reality is that in, in the country, it's estimated that like around 40 to 45% of American households own at least one gun. Yeah, I believe that. Which is almost half. Yeah. So Which, it's like, when when you say, like, gun culture, it's kind of like, I think people selectively minimize that to be a lot less. Because I guarantee you there are a lot of people that don't even know that their parents, like, have a gun somewhere. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Or their grandparents especially. The, the term gun culture also kind of irks me when like when people like you know especially from the new york use as a negative i'm just like bro maybe you should learn a thing or two about gun culture because if you learn about it you'll actually you know you'll learn that it's very responsible it's not a bad culture it yeah can, it can be there are bad apples in that culture like all cultures but like do you think joe biden's ever shot a gun i guarantee you yes as old as he is definitely has Well, here's what he wants to do on background checks. The Associated Press reported that background checks blocked a record 300,000 gun sales last year. That's according to newly obtained FBI data provided to a, by a nonprofit that advocates for gun control. In fact, numbers are staggering compared to the previous year. For example, background checks successfully, successfully blocked gun sales last year amounted to nearly twice as much as t- twice out of 2019. Notably, about 42% of these blocked sales were explicitly because would-be buyers had felony convictions on their records. So, i.e., they work. Mm-hmm. Well, they also... Go ahead. Well, they also mentioned how they had, like, a record amount of gun sales, period. Yeah. It's not like they... I mean, I'm not trying to say it's not like they suddenly got better. It's just like you also had you had higher numbers, yeah, ridiculously higher numbers of people buying guns. Yeah, if you have more people trying to buy a gun, more people are not going to be able to buy one. Yeah, it's just that's just causation, right? Causation can equal correlation there. <laughs> um, yeah. So while the while the rate of barred buyers had increased somewhat around 0.6 to 0.8 since 2018, the U.S. also saw a record number of gun sales last year. In 2017, just 12 of the 112,000 people denied a gun purchase. About 0.01% were federally prosecuted, largely due to limited resources for the time-sensitive investigations, according to the U.S. Government of Accountability Office report. 
So 12 out of 112,000 people were denied a gun purchase in 2017. Hmm. That's, that's wild. Yeah, but see, th- these are all people. See, this is the thing. These are all people that are buying guns at gun stores. Yes. So you can track them and you can know. You don't really worry about that people because they get stopped if they can't. Yeah. <laughs> because background checks work. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of like, what are you, what is law are you making? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What's the point? So are you going to try and, yeah, either try and ban personal sales or try and force them to have a background check? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can't. How are you, you going to prove that when it's too late already? Like, that's why it's maddening. That's why this topic is maddening. Well, maybe, maybe they're thinking that if you sell a gun to, a, to someone and they go use it on innocent people, you can be held responsible. Yeah, but I would exactly. Think, but, I, but I would think that's already a law. I you can't well because you because most people don't just sell guns to random people like that. That's that's what I mean. But I feel like it yeah. must, I think there's already a law there. Like it doesn't. It, it this is trying to prevent something that you can't. Like it, it already. It's it's going to be too late by the time you get there. You know. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm confused what Biden's goal is here. Like, what are you trying to accomplish there, Joe? Well, see, that's the scary thing is because, like, you look at when they ever, whenever they try to make laws like this, and it's like, what, what are you actually doing here? Because it doesn't seem like it's going to do anything. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think Biden's taking your guns away. I don't think he's infringing on a second amendment. I honestly think he's trying to have the appearance of doing something. It's just optics. Yeah. It's theater. Like he knows this isn't going to pass. Yeah. And he probably, and it really, he it probably doesn't, doesn't yeah. want it to pass. He just, he just, he's doing this. This is Will Towership original now. I think he's doing this. So, it can get shot down. You can blame Republicans and try and get more votes in the primaries uh, in the uh, in the midterms. Yep. <coughs> I don't. I just don't. It's just so goofy. Because there is there is no there is no gun show loop a loophole that doesn't exist. That's yeah. a that's a myth. That's a myth. May not be perfect, but overall, it's a myth. That's just so funny. Like, this is why the gun law things, whenever we talk about them, are so goofy. Because it's just like, okay, you're doing little to nothing. It's like the whole AR thing. You know, like restricting the AR. And the AR's never been used in a mass shooting. It's an AR, AR style. Yeah, exactly. It's Which, like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Like what? Like why are you trying? What's the point? 
of trying to restrict it when literally nobody ever uses it to do that. It's <laughs> so it's like that's why I do encourage people to actually learn about them because if you actually want something to happen, if you actually research it a little bit, they'll probably have better grounds to react. Yeah. Or act. Like people who want gun control, I honestly think you just don't understand guns. Well, I also I also feel like they think that oh they made it illegal, so that's we're good now. And it's like that's not the case. Gun laws do not equal less gun deaths. They don't. Chicago is the most gun laws of anybody, and they have the highest deaths by a lot. Well, they there is a counter argument to that, Nash. So, like for example, Biden and uh, Merrick Garland, I think it's his. I forget who Garland is. Um, met with may, the mayor of Baltimore, Maryland, in Rapid City, South Dakota, the police chief of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and other experts to discuss community safety measures. Um. Oh, so that's the wrong thing. Where did, where is this thing I'm looking for? It's like it was in Baltimore where he was talking to the mayor and he was saying, you know, Baltimore has high gun violence and gun deaths, but the guns come from outside the city. Yeah, exactly. And they bring the guns in. Yeah. That's so, what I said the last time, the last episode we had where we talked a lot about gun laws was that you are putting gun laws in the city typically doesn't really do anything. Although you can look at places like New York where they have pretty strict gun laws and there's typically lower gun deaths. Yeah. It's like gun laws do not equal safer environment. So what does? Where, I don't know. It's kind of like the drug war, if you think about it. Whereas... If you go after users, you're always going to have something to show for it. But if you actually try to work up the ladder and find, you know, the main suppliers, you're going to end it pretty quickly. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, if you find probably, I would assume there are are federally licensed gun stores that actually do under the table stuff that you could find somewhere. I bet you'll find those cause they probably have the volume to sell them or bring them in. I bet you could actually find stuff like places like that, but it doesn't seem like they're actually concerned with it. Yeah. So like, I don't understand why Biden is going after individuals. Yeah. I know somebody who who they have a theory on this that they try to make all these restrictions. So eventually it'll get to a point where like you'll disenfranchise essentially like a mass amount of people. So they'll technically be felons. So they can't vote. A theory that somebody I know has where it's like you, you actually like they're, they purposefully know that they're making something illegal that doesn't affect anything at all. Just so if they want to, they can remove a large swath of the voting base. Hmm. Which I mean, a lot of times it does seem like, yeah, that seems pretty stupid. Yeah. Why would they do that? And I don't know. It Maybe does, they're just stupid. It does sound really stupid. That's not. I, I don't. I don't know if Democrats are that smart. 
Well, see, here's the thing, because I'm all about fewer gun deaths and gun, you know, gun violence. I'm all about that. But I don't think anybody's ever offered a suggestion that would actually lead to that. See, neither do I, actually. Because, like, if you just made guns federally illegal, that wouldn't stop anything. Well, see, here's the here's the funny thing to have. Because I was thinking about this because you've, uh, um, like, uh, you brought him up a few times. I think this episode is like Kyle Kalinske, yeah. right? Yeah, I I assume he doesn't like guns, right? Well, his thing on violence is, um, violence should only be used to defend yourself. That's it. So I don't I don't think he is opposed to guns. Like, he's, he's not one of those abolish guns, get a Second Amendment, ban assault rifles, which are already banned, but he he has a very strict stance on actual violence. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. Um, I'm just going to say, in general, that wasn't the answer I expected, so I got to change it up a little bit. I'm just going to say, if you're listening to a lot of left-wing people, um, especially right now, you're going to probably hear a lot of complaints about how the government is being authoritarian. The government is taking too many liberties away. The government is enforcing a lot of things that they shouldn't be allowed to enforce. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I see, I see what happened at January 6th and the government is like, fuck now we, we got to take their guns away. Cause next time they're going to. Yeah, no, exactly. That, that's what I hear. And I'm like, okay, so the second they introduce things to take away guns, that's how I know they're serious about trying to screw over people. Yeah. Because now you're saying, I want to absolutely take away all your means of ensuring freedom. Yeah. I, I will, I will tell you, like, I don't know Kyle personally, but listening to him for like a year now, a little over a year, um, he would not support taking guns away. He would not support the gun buyback. He would not support taking away the second amendment. At all, because it is very authoritarian. Yeah, exactly, and, and he that's is why very you anti-authoritarian. Yeah, and I wow, I respect him a lot for that. Um, just because that is an important distinction to make, and I feel like a bit of a fool for assuming that of him. But I mean, that's exactly kind of why they are here. Is at the end of the day, when when Joe Biden wants to use F sixteens and nuclear bombs to take us out. <laughs> we got a fighting chance, baby. Didn't he? Didn't he say that? He was just like, "Yeah, you can't." Yeah. What's the point of having your guns when I have nukes? Like, what? Yeah. I, give me like, guns! Give me like, guns! You can't. They want to use it to, you know, fight a government. You want to fight this government? We got F sixteens and nukes, nuke atom bombs. You can't. You Come can't on, man. fight that. Come on, man! It's like. He said something. He said he had a quote to the hunters. He was like, if you ask any hunter out there, they're going to tell you, you don't need fully automatic 100 clips, 100 rounds in a clip. It's like, yeah. That no shit. Yeah. 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 Yes, Joe. Yeah. The Second Amendment doesn't apply. It applies to hunters, but people don't want guns for hunting. They want guns for self-defense and to overthrow the government. That's why people want guns. Yeah. And that, that is what the Second Amendment's for. That's what the Second Amendment's for. And it's, yeah, it's to fight tyranny and defend yourself. Yes. It's, it's literally, to, it's, the Second Amendment is there 
to overthrow the government if need be and to defend yourself yeah. against, against, is, the, against the governor or anyone else. It is important to note that um, there, uh, the United States, when it was written, it didn't have an army. Um, there wasn't a well-regulated uh, armed forces. It was a militia. It was literally just a militia, yeah. Because if somebody wanted to take over the country, everybody would agree, all right, we're going to go put those people down because this is our country. Now there is an army, that's true, but now you have to realize it still needs to be there for the same purpose because guess what? If only 10% of people own guns, I bet they'd be a lot more strict about it. But because close to 50% of people own guns, they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that means you might have to that means you might have to physically fight half the population. Yeah. I I really I really do think national we'll wrap up here. I really do think that after COVID and moving forward that politicians, specifically the ones in power, like to have the most power, are scared of the people. They're scared of a revolt. They're scared of literally them coming for their heads. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. I think that GameStop thing, like no joke. I think that was a big that was a big pushing point. A lot of things this past year have been a big pushing point, and a lot of pushing points are still to come. However, there's I think they're scared, but instead of acting, instead of trying to prevent it through helping them, they're trying to prevent it through um, pushing them down further. Well, yeah, they're trying to distance themselves. They're trying to distance themselves, and they're trying to suppress. Yeah. Whether it's speech, whether it's guns, whether it's rights, whether it's whether it's whatever. Like, literally, when I, when I see voting rights laws passed by the left or the right, supplied by the left or the right, written by the left or the right, I'm thinking, this is to benefit you and you alone. When I see legislation proposed, this is to benefit you and you alone. And they say it's to benefit the people or quote unquote democracy, whatever the fuck that actually means. You got you got politicians care about two things money and votes in that order. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Nash? Um I was watching Jimmy Dore today, and he said something, and I can't remember if it was, like, the House or the Senate, but it was like, if you serve for five years, you get a pension? I did not know that. It's only, like, five years. I forget which one it was for. Um, But, yeah, only, like, five years, and you get a pension. That's That's insane to me. That's crazy. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched any of his videos. I actually I watched some of his from last week, so I'm behind on my YouTube videos. Let's wonder what that could be. Um well, there's new season of Rick and Morty Nash. Let me tell you that. There is. I saw the first episode. Thank you, Luke, for telling me to watch that. Uh, let's see, Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore. I'll get there when I get there. But yeah, that five years I get a pension. Yeah. They probably get a good pension too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably get like government health care for life. Dude, if you want a if you want a good Jimmy Dore video, dude, oh dear lord. Um what they've been have been like watch his things with um Aaron Matei and the Yes, young, yes the, I have been. the Young Turks. The Young Turks. 
Yeah. And like just debunking it. Yeah. Yeah. And everything going on in Syria. And it's just like, wow, you guys really don't have an argument for anything. You don't (laughs) care at all, do you? Oh, it's the other account. Yeah, dude, that's that's good. It that that that's get that's getting really good. The, the Jimmy Dore is with Aaron. Aaron Aaron Mate is is hands down. Him and Glenn Glen Glenn Greenwald are the best uh, journalists out there today. Yeah, hands down. Because Aaron Mate this completely debunked. Uh, whoa, 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 John Stossel. Like, are we not gonna? Are we gonna ignore the Stossel? greatest journalist in american history period (laughs) yeah okay yeah he is he is a journalist okay he is technically a journalist what do you mean technically yeah he's a journalist he's always been a journalist like what do you mean well like i don't I, i don't consider kyle klinsky a journalist I don't either, but John Stossel, he, he was, he's, I don't think he's ever like had his own show or anything. He may have, but yeah, I think he's, he's always been just like a journalist. He follows the story and he gets those yeah. answers. What I love about John Stossel is his YouTube videos are like, they're produced like their local news stories. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. It's, 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 it's how you know you can trust it. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a novelty at this point. I love it. Because, no, I agree. He does kind of just look like a guy, a self-made YouTuber, if you never knew him before. Yeah. No, he's he's been, he's reported, I feel like, on almost every major network at oh, one point. Let me find out. He was, he was a, I don't know if he was a contributor, but he, like, he's, 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 he's definitely, he's definitely he, been on, oh, they don't, they don't have him a guest anymore. <laughs> uh, libertarian television personality author, uh, ABC News and Fox Business Channel. He's been, uh, he's won like Emmys, I think. Yeah, he's uh, 74, 74 years old and has a better mustache than my father. Oh, oh I didn't say all that. I, I will, because it's still, it's, he probably dies if it's still black. My dad's Ooh. mustache has gone to complete white. <laughs> we, went, we went to Princeton. Not a Yale man. Not a Yale man, dude. <laughs> uh, 2020 Fox News. Fox News Channel. Yeah, he's had a he's had a pretty good okay awards. Let's see if he's won. Uh 2001. Okay, as of 2001, he has won 19 Emmys. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Lily the George Polk Award for Outstanding Local Reporting. Yep. And a Peabody Award. <laughs> he's our man in the field. Yeah, I I, I do like John. I'm, I'm very glad you uh, put me on John Stars from Nash. I'm not gonna lie. He's a he's a he's a good source of information. And he doesn't he doesn't lie about what his own beliefs are. He just really, really hates anything that has to do with the government. Yeah, <laughs> hates well, he, it. he's a straight libertarian, dude. Yeah, hates it. <laughs> All right, you should wrap up the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us two hours later. Uh, our longest episode to date, but you've been listening to the American Man's podcast. Find us everywhere on biggestpodcastsolutions.com. Hit that donate button. really help us out. Next week, we'll be live again. Uh, we were live for 13 minutes when my internet crapped out. Um, not sure what's going on there, so I do apologize for not going live. We had a really good show planned, which is a really good show we actually did. So if you made this far, thank you very much. Uh, we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, Nash, what do you got? 
Uh, I started watching Breaking Bad again. Great show. Look at you. Look you at know, you. you know, you know, don't watch that show Gunther on Netflix. It's just bad. That's well, a TV. It's a it's a movie. Don't watch it. It's bad. I've been watching Hip Hop Evolution, and uh, and oh, that's a good one. I know. Four years later, so I'm on the last season finally. But uh, uh great show. But I don't know why they chose Shad like to to like host it. That's a good question. Like, out of all the people you could have gotten, you got like a C-list rapper. <laughs> I felt really good watching. I was like, "All right, cool." I listened to a lot of this music before this was a thing. Yeah, cool, I was like, cool. "I know." I was like, "I know a lot of these rappers like that aren't from like Louisiana or Houston. I know the Ghetto Boys from Houston, but I know the Ghetto Boys are from Houston." Um, so yeah, great show. We'll be back next week. If you want to be a guest in the show, if you were heard of me and Nash and say about guns, he said, "Fuck you, you're wrong." Reach out to us. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, all opinions are welcome, but will definitely be challenged. But until next week, we're off the clock. Thank God.